Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Upsets of the year today. Anthony Hernandez. Blown away. Submitted. I'm blown away. I'm oh, blown away. Oh my goodness. My coaches just told me stay calm. And I was like, all right, you know, I just stay calm and listen to the game plan and made it happen. Anthony Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, Matt and I. Um, we have uh, a good show today. I heard. Uh, I heard. I hope <laughs> Eric uh, Nixick from uh, Extreme Couture MMA will be joining us, as well as Anthony Hernandez coming off that that stunning win. Um, over stunning. stunning, yeah, because of the way he did it, of course. Uh, you know, I mean, anybody can beat anybody in a, in a division, but that I don't think anybody expected uh, that. And Matt, as a jujitsu guy, you must have been a jujitsu guy, is yeah. that what you're saying? As a jujitsu master, well, I mean, he was a he, I am. Well, thank you, first yes. of all. You said I'm a jujitsu master, yes, you are damn straight, yes, but yes. so is uh, Adolfo Rivera, Rivera, yeah, and uh, I'll tell you. That was the biggest betting underdog as far as him winning by submission. Anthony Hernandez. 30 to one, right? Something insane, man. And the fact that he, and not for the victory, but I think of the, just him submitting. Submitting, it. yeah. And he did. It's funny, man. Like, um, you know, Vera is, 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 is a master on the floor, but it, it goes to show you, man, that this isn't a, a submission grappling match. This isn't a jujitsu match. So, He's got to get really more comfortable standing up because it looks like just like a guy who's a big sh- puncher, that if a guy is a big puncher who doesn't knock the guy out and then he gets tired, if this guy doesn't submit you, you weather that storm, you know, it could be a, a, a bad night. Yeah, and it, it shows you. Normally, it's the other way around, too. Like, normally, it's a guy who's great on his feet. You'll see um, being taken down and, 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 and submitted as opposed to a guy who's so dangerous on the floor um, suffering th- from stand-up. I, I always give an advantage to a guy who's good on the floor uh, over a guy who's just who's better at stand-up. For some reason, I always seem to it seems to go that way because somebody always gets their hands on you at one point. Well, um, there's that, and there's also as far as like you know getting it done. Like you get a you know you can get a lucky punch, but there's not really such thing as a lucky submission. Yeah, you know that's what true. I mean? yeah. Um, Jimmy, what a fucking card! 
I what know. a card. I cannot say enough about uh, Kamaru Usman. What's that? I think you're going to say you can't say enough about my picks and how I did pretty well. I think I did pretty well, didn't I? We both did okay. Well, we'll talk about that in detail later. Uh, did you pick Alexa Grasso like I did? No, I was oh. going to pick her, but I decided instead to go with Macy Barber. Okay. Okay. I didn't mean but I knew it would be a decision. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go, Notre Dame. <laughs> Jimmy, let me put my sword away. I love you. Um, before we get into the fights, yeah. you know what my kid's been watching all weekend and stuck in my brain? I'll what? give you a hint. Chip. No, not Chip. Jimmy. Okay. It goes like this. I'll, I'll sing a couple of bars from it. Okay. And, and there's an annoying, the first one, his first movie, this is a sequel. The first movie had such great songs in it. It's it Godfather. No, Jimmy, no. Okay. No, you got to be patient for one. Sorry. <laughs> but listen, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. And you don't know this. I doubt you watch this because you don't have kids. But into the unknown, into the unknown. And then there's this little thing that they, they say this throughout the whole fucking movie. Ready? Ah, ah, ah. And she's looking out the window. What is that? Ah, ah, into the unknown. Yep. Dude, I, I know it. Jimmy. It and it part two. You know, no, no, it is not. It, no, oh. Jimmy, Jimmy, you're way off. Okay. It is frozen and frozen too. Frozen. Let's talk about the first frozen. Ready? Yeah. You do you wanna build a snowman? You ride around the hall, all that shit. Good, catchy. Yeah. I like it. And now, and then in the other one, like, what is a snowman doing the summer? I don't know that one, but it's cute. But now let's fast forward the frozen two. He melts. Ready? And all I fucking hear is. Uh, uh, holy fuck. I have my headphones. I'm playing my game and I still hear it through the fucking headphones. Uh, uh. You love it, huh? <sighs> yeah. Let's get back to the fights. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen either Frozen. Eh, well, I don't have children, so I, I don't like cartoons one. and kids' movies. Well, but I don't have kids. Well, listen, I have kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eric Nixick. Say Nixick yes. sometimes. Nixick, Nixick. Eric Nixick. It's not an easy name to say because it's Eric Nixick. It's 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 the three Nixick. syllables all kind of sounding the uh, the same because uh, your mind wants to go Nixon for some reason because of uh, either Richard Nixon or just to break it up. But uh, yeah, named MMA Junkies and uh, Bloody Canvas's 2020 Coach of the Year. Tremendous job. He's a nice guy. I, you know, Aljo's working a lot with him over yeah. in Vegas. I seen him when I was in Abu Dhabi and we, we BSed a little bit, sent the video or pick of me and him to, no, a video of me and him to Aljo. Aljo's all happy. Uh, Cause you know, he likes both of us. Yeah. And so, you know, and I like Eric, Eric's a nice guy. And he's, and he's doing something right. He was, uh, he's working with Francis and Ganyu too. I, I, I yeah. he was on, he was on, um, on a uh, JRE. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast with, Francis. Oh. I, I'm 99% sure. Yeah, Fra I didn't see Francis's uh, episode. Me neither, but I'm pretty sure he's on there. What am I? I'm positive, I'd say. Unless I'm way off, but <laughs> I thought I saw that. Okay. How was your weekend? It was good. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, the fights were uh, incredible. I, I, you know, I didn't do much. I, I, I just, know. I didn't do much. What was I going to do? Like, I ate bad food. I shouldn't have eaten bad food. But I'm trying to get back on my. I did my Fit XR workout one night. Oh, that's crazy! Uh, but it does hurt my shoulder, the punching, because you're it, it, you're punching hard, and after a while, my left shoulder bothers me. So I have to kind of slow down with my left shoulder a little bit. Get the technique down. Just get the technique down. Turn. Remember, hips, shoulders. You're turning. You're not doing arm punches. You're not doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just kind of doing it. Uh... What is your day like, Jimmy, on a day off? Because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm been like with my wife and I've been married so long, like 13 years. And, and like, like when I go away, like, it's like, yeah, man, I have time for myself. And after I like, you know, like, you know, I'll smoke a lot of weed, play some video games. And I'm like, ah, then I'm, then I just don't know what to do with myself after that. I'm like, that, that'll, that'll be good for two to three hours. And then I'm like, all right, now I just, I usually now I'm, I'm like hugging my kids or doing something. Right. I don't know what to do. What is a day like in, you get up, it's a Sunday. What are you doing? Honestly, um, I usually will get up, you know, you look online for a little while. I kind of shop day to day for food. So I'll go out at one point just to get out of the house, just to give That's- myself a goal to go shopping, pick up the little things I need. It's not very exciting. Um, sometimes I, I've been, uh, you know, I go, to, I, I go to 12 step meetings, so I'll maybe hit a meeting or I will, um, I, I've been doing this meditation thing at night on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Oculus what? 2. Yeah. So I, I try to keep busy doing that, but it's kind of hard to say. I don't do a whole lot, Matt. I really oh, don't, I'm not broadcasting. I do a lot of stuff with the chip merchandise store. I do a lot of stuff with Patreon, trying to put videos together. I shoot videos. You bring so much joy, my little bird, into so many lives. Has that feel good? Does that feel good, Jimmy? Thank you. It, it, it feels not accurate, but thank you. No, uh, I, I feel, it, it's a normal feel. I feel like I bring no joy to anyone. And I know that that's not rational, but you know, like you, you don't see yourself. Yeah. You just kind of look at like, all right, this is my life. I'll go to the refrigerator. I'll try not to eat egg whites and I'll throw out the fucking little goldfish I bought because I'm getting fat. Like, you know, shit like that. That's that's my day. I don't, you're so funny. I don't know what to do when like like when I was when I schools were shut down. You know, I got my one school going now. And yeah. But like, I don't know what to do with myself when I don't have that. I like know. my school is my retirement. So I just love going to my school. I wish you lived closer so I could just bring you to Me my too. school and we could just rep. Like it makes you a deadly little bird. I know. I miss, I, I wish I did too. Uh, but I'll, I will go out there. It's just hard during the day because I am usually either, either shooting something or with the radio show. And I have this two days a week and therapy on Tuesday. You know, it's the whole thing. Oh, you go to therapy, Jimmy. I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been doing it online um, for oh, the last with the Zoom with the Zoom thing. Yeah. 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 yeah or FaceTime. I do FaceTime. Oh, um, really? Yeah. I like my therapist. He's very good. He's a nice um, guy. Yeah, he's great. He's a very smart guy. Very bright guy. Like, like just on life? Yeah, and my addictive personality. And, you know, he's just a guy who he's good to navigate stuff with. You know, you walk through your childhood and you see what's there. And he's just a guy, you know, they're guys who kind of know how to navigate it. And they, they know how to make you ask the right questions. He doesn't tell me what to do. He just goes, well, what about this? And then he just kind of nudges you in a direction and makes you think about something. All right. That's nice. I don't need no therapy. I get my therapy on the mat. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. If I don't have that, you know, I might be on a clock tower or some shit. Let's, uh, let's talk yeah. about some fucking fights before let's we get talk about fights. coming in. Anthony on- when he comes in, they'll, they'll let us know. He'll, he'll come in. Let's start with the top. Yeah. I, I missed, I missed the main event. I didn't see the main event. <laughs> what a main event, dude. Uh, Gilbert Burns. Dude, I'll tell you, it started off very promising for Gilbert Burns. I mean, he had him hurt. And then when he went to the floor, you see him just like kind of smiling, working his legs like, all right, come on down. The, this is what I want to say, because everybody's talking about uh, Kamaru. I say now. When is it, it Kamaru or Kamaru? Kamaru. I know. Yeah, Bruce Buffer says Kamaru. I noticed that, and I don't know the proper pronunciation. I'm going to say Kamaru. It sounds pretty fun. Kamaru. I'm going to say Kamaru, but then I'm going to ask either Kamaru or someone who knows him 
And if he says it's Cameroon, then I'll say that. Well, I mean, you think you, you, so you're saying maybe Bruce Buff is wrong. No, I think Buffer is probably almost always right. Cameroon. Cameroon, Cameroon sounds awesome. Cameroon, Cameroon. yeah. Cameroon. Um, everybody's talking about his jab. And yes. It's a piston. It's so funny how like that one tool, even though Gilbert is arguably the better striker with more tools, that one tool could just negate the rest. Like you could just yeah. everything else that he has, the kicks, the punches, the elbows, the the everything that Gilbert has, that one straight jab. Oh boy, was it beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. But there's another thing that 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 he possessed. And not a lot of people are talking about it. It's patience, Jimmy. Yep. Patience, patience from the beginning to the end. Like you saw him follow him to the floor at the right time. He didn't, he didn't follow him right away. Where nine out of 10 guys, he, 10, 10 guys, he is going to follow yep. the floor. Because sure. he's, a, a, he's got great um, submission defense on top, ground and pound. Um, he's phenomenal on top. But he knew not to follow him down right away. I yeah. liked the way he was lifting up his leg, kicking his hamstrings. Ah, ah. And it was just, and then after a while, he was like, all right, now Gibbert doesn't want to be there now. Now he wants to get up, and Kamara's not really letting him up. It was very interesting. It was, um, I was, I was intrigued, and I wanted to see, like, man, is he going to get up to his feet and just hurt him again? And then when he started utilizing that jab, Jimmy, it was just so brilliant. Dropped him with the jab. He didn't Whoa. drop him twice with the jab, I think. And it's almost like, like Gilbert wanted to get his hands on him again. It's funny. Gilbert said afterwards that when he got him hurt, like he said that he just kind of went totally like Cody Garbrandt style. And that's not a knock on Cody, but it kind of right. like being red and, and Cody and Cody, by the way, since working with Mark Henry and he, you know, he seems like he's got that under control. He's like man, yep. he's looking phenomenal lately, Garbrandt. But you can see how when you have somebody hurt, you like just see red and you want to just, Oh man, it's it, the finish line is right there. Let me just get to it. And then you rush it, and then you trip at the finish line, and then you got Kamaru jabbing you in the face and taking. I mean, wow! And, and afterwards, you saw just. I mean, we we, we just seen how how much, how devastated. Yeah. Like uh, Gilbert was. Yeah. You know when he's crying in the cage. It was. Yeah. It was. I I don't mind seeing stuff like that. It, no. It, it, it shows you how much it means to these guys. Sure. You know what I mean. He, he reminded me, Matt, to uh, Gilbert Burns and, and uh, Rodolfo Vieira reminded me, had similar fights where they start off so strong and it seems like they maybe the pacing is off, but they don't get what they want to get as quickly as they when they think they're about to get it. Um, and, and they give uh, it seems like he just didn't handle Usman surviving that uh, as well as he could have. And the same thing with uh, Anthony Hernandez. And uh, Rodolfo uh, Vieira, he just didn't handle him surviving that first round onslaught that well. Um, it was interesting to watch Burns too. They talked about the patience. Where, where the I think this coach said when he sat down, you're pa- you're you're winning, beating him with your patience, or your patience is where he said something to Usman about his patience, um, where he didn't panic. He just threw that jab, and you know, 13 straight wins. He is the uh, second greatest welterweight of all time, um, without a doubt. Um, you know, uh, with GSP would be third, of course, uh, Matt Serra first, and I give uh, Usman second and uh, GSP third. But uh, it's inc- they said that he's not, uh, he doesn't do as well on the betting lines because he goes the distance a lot. I was watching something about that, and they were saying 75% of his fights go the distance. Um, 
And I don't know what that is because he certainly has tremendous power. He has knockout power. Yeah. Maybe it's just his patience. Maybe he's dominating, it's just, dominating everybody, though. It's not like it's right. Absolutely. Oh, wait, we got Nick Sick first. Yeah, let's. Eric yes, Hunt? he's first. Yes, Anthony Hernandez oh, is second. Let's get Eric on here, man, and we'll talk. Yeah. We, can, we can talk about the fights with Eric. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, hey, Eric. How are you? Doing well, Jim. How are you? Good, What's buddy. Good. What's going on, Eric? Good to see you, man. man. How you doing, brother? Good. I feel like I just seen you, man. Like I was telling Jimmy, I ran into you in uh in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, man. It's just not too long ago, bro. Yeah. Can't wait to get you out here. When you come, when are you making Vegas? Dude, I'm not actually breaking. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what it is? Uh, Aljo. You know Aljo. Little quirky. He's a great guy. He wants to. Like he likes guys the week of the fight with the COVID fucks everything up. So yeah, for sure, the week of the fight, Aljo likes to stay extremely busy. So he's got a couple of guys his way. Job, uh, not Joe Salemi. That's the guy I went to high school with. Salemi, I forgot his fucking first name. But uh, what is it? Anthony. Yes, Anthony Salemi. He's out there. You met that kid. Tough kid. Yeah, good, good kid. kid. Good kid. Sorry about getting the. I always call him Salemi. I uh, fucking and uh, <laughs> Dennis Bazooka. You seen him on the contender. Yep. And yep. of course, Longo is going to be out there. He's got you working with him. So Aljo is going to be phenomenal. I've been watching all the sparring you guys. Been, he's been spending, sending me. So I'll be with him in spirit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Aljo wants to warm up on, during that week. So he'll be, he'll be straight. He'll be straight. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. We'll miss having you out here though. Shit. Shit, man. I'll miss it too, bro. I wanted to be there, but it is what it is. But now listen, man. Uh, did you see, I'm, I'm a dumb question. Did you watch the fights over the weekend? <laughs> I, I did. I, I so I cornered uh, Maki Patolo, so I was there for most of the oh. fights, um, and then I was able to get home and then watch um, a little bit of a little bit of Usman. So I missed like the the two following ones after, but I was able to watch Usman Burns. Why do you think we were just talking to and they had mentioned it during the fight about or, or before the fight? I was watching some commentator talk about how he's not usually uh, the betting line isn't great on him. Uh, compared to how good it should be with his record. And he goes the distance, I think, 75% of the time. Do you think that that's more his patience, uh, the fact that he's very patient? that Because he, he definitely has knockout power. He's got an amazing jab. Why do you think he goes the distance more when he's certainly got the power to knock guys out? Uh, I think it's an unbelievable fight IQ that he has. You know, he's not trying to force anything that's not there. And he's able to kind of calculate. So, you know, Matt will, Matt will kind of test it out. You see guys that just rush in for the kill and, and that can get you in trouble as well. So I kind of like to equate him as like, I don't know, this sounds kind of weird, but like a serial killer, a guy that doesn't want to get caught doing something stupid. He doesn't want to leave yeah. any fingerprints. 
right? So he's going to be smooth, clean, calculated, get in and out. And all the while, everybody's dead at the end. So just get that, get that win and get out of there. And it's nice. He has that patience without like having to pay for it. Like in a prior fight where those are the lessons that are, you learn, like they're the hardest lessons. Like, for, like, for instance, like something I went over with Ray Longo a lot is like when I heard, um, I fought Carol Parisian and I heard him in the first mm-hmm. punch through and he was almost out and, I put everything into finishing without even lining things up, just, argh, just trying to finish. And he's, and then I got tired and then I took kind of a beating for the rest of the fight. But, <laughs> and then, then you fast forward to my GSP fight and Longo would often point back to that. And he would be mm-hmm. like, Jimmy, why are you smiling? Cause I'm bringing up the GSP yeah, fight again. Can you fuck off? I'm talking to coach Eric. It's either <laughs> GSP or Frank Trigg. Those are the only two I want to hear about. <laughs> in other words, in other words, I learned from the beating I took. Yeah. And Mongo told me to set up, take your time the second two to set up your strikes. And I mean, that's Kamaro is that guy where in that first round, I don't know if you've seen you well, you've seen glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. He was hurt, man. He mm-hmm. was really hurt. It was, you know, it was scary. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure his corner must have been like shit. You know, I yeah. was like, edgy of seat. Yeah. And then, you know, he just the patience when he got when how did Gilbert come that fall down again? Did he was he tripped down or was he? Because he was a jab. I could be wrong. Was it a jab? Not, that not dropped him? the first round. I'm talking about the first round. First round, I didn't see. I got to see rounds two and three. But when he was on his back, he was happy as shit. He was just smiling, yeah, almost sure. inviting him down. Yep. That's where you saw the patience of Kamara. Just mm-hmm. lifting up the leg, kicking his hamstrings, being patient, got his head cleared of the cobwebs. And uh, mm-hmm. woo. And then, then the rest is history, man. But yeah, when you yeah. get a chance, Eric, check it out. Yeah. He's going to be tough to beat, man. I'll tell you that. Not, not only... Does he have the the skill set? But the mindset, I think, is something completely uh, out of this world that a lot of people can't really attest to. Just his uh, his competitive nature, man. Uh, and you know, look what he just did to a former teammate. There was no mercy there for the guy. You know, yeah. well, on either end, there was fucking no. Those guys were trying to kill each other. Nice exactly. embrace afterwards. Yes. Eric, I I I see you're almost it almost is like um in your blood being a coach. Your uncles, your uncle coach, your dad coached like football and. Was this something that in, like you were just drawn to as far as coaching? I, I think so, Matt, because like I grew up on the football field. Um, I mean, ever since I can remember, I was on the field with my dad and my uncle, um, you know, and it's honestly what I think what really was bled into me was um, the camaraderie, you know, being around the team and being around a, a like-minded individuals working together to achieve a common goal, you know. So, um, you know, when I got done playing football, there was a huge void for me there and it it was kind of weird like it's right in front of your face you know what you miss and it was obviously like that team aspect so for me getting into MMA was pretty natural I was able to kind of uh just stumble across the gym you know walked in here with Randy 14 years ago had no you know so it was uh you know so coaching has always been in my blood I, I assumed I would be a football coach um I coached a little high school ball when I got out of college and then, um, you know, me and my uncle had a team together, a uh, high school team here. And then that that's when I started training with Randy and kind of uh, just started doing this more. And you never I'm sorry, Jimmy, that's you good. never did you ever fight or no? It doesn't matter. No, no, I didn't. So, um, you know, the plan was I was actually in paramedic school. Uh, I was I got tested. I tested for the uh, city of Las Vegas, North Las Vegas fire, got hired on by both. Oh. And then I had the option. I had the option to take over the gym as well. Um, and then. For me, man, it was crazy because while when I had my first child, uh, life started looking different to me, you know, so running the calls with with dead bodies and people hurt and people injured and, 
you know, just seeing the life taken out of people. Um, I didn't know if that's something that I wanted to do for a career. So uh, this was able to shift over to something different. And, you know, kind of in a weird way, it was, it was always there for me, but really fell on my lap. And I took advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, from there, I just never really looked back. I just wanted to hone my craft and be the best that I could be. And, and you know, having guys like Ray Seffo and, you know, Dennis Davis and Robert Fallis all around, it, it's pretty easy to become good. Doesn't that make a, a, a Stipe even more? The fact that he's the heavyweight champion and he's a firefighter, like how you can't be more fucking alpha than to do those two things. <laughs> um, and obviously you guys are, are, are within Ganu. And uh, that first fight was so interesting. Uh, what Stipe did, that was such a veteran thing to do to a guy who's so powerful and such a ferocious puncher. Obviously that's probably the same thing would be difficult to pull off twice. Um, and Francis seems to be a different fighter. Uh, he's fought guys. Everybody thought, well, well, Velasquez is such a good wrestler. Or, uh, you know, Curtis Blades is so dangerous. And he's just running through all of those guys. But you guys must have uh, figured out a way to combat that possible uh, strategy by Stipe. Yeah, you know, it was easy, Jim, because what we did was, um, you know, we sat down and I just asked him straight point blank. I said, man, what scares you in this sport? Where, where do you want to become better? And the, and the analogy that I gave him, I just said to him, I said, what's your boogeyman? And he said, my boogeyman's been my cardio and my wrestling. So I looked at him and I said, hey, well, what if I tell you this? What if we conquer that boogeyman and there's nothing else out there that can scare you? What's that going to make you? And he said, the baddest man on the planet. So I said, let's double down on our weaknesses and not our strengths. I said, if we don't hit another pad for an entire year, I guarantee you're still going to have power. You're still going to hit hard. So let's start getting after the things that we need to get better at because, you know, you might get a little bit better in your striking you know, there's areas of improvement that we can always do with that, obviously. But if we can work on those other things, your your skill set's going to jump leaps and bounds. And he he believes in it, man, and he's bought in. So it's helped us a lot. Yeah, it was really an incredible uh, because after Stipe uh, and then there was the Derek Lewis fight, which he seemed very, very hesitant to pull the trigger. And I like that Francis was honest, though. He said, like, yeah, I was nervous to pull the trigger. And after the Miocic fight, he said, I underestimated my opponent. I shouldn't like you usually don't hear guys being that truthful about it and then to come back and, and have those the, the wins that he's had since uh i want to say is it four wins uh in a row by um rosen strike jds and then uh kane and curtis blades i think correct yeah it's, so he's ready he's ready for this uh you know no one saw that first one going five rounds either though. that was a crazy uh that's one thing francis he doesn't go down i mean uh even when he doesn't win he he definitely has probably better cardio than he thinks because he made it through five rounds with steve Absolutely. And, and, you know, that I think to me for looking at that as a fighter um, from a fighter element is self-accountability. You know, it's easy to point fingers at everybody and what what's what could have gone right or the coaches did this or that. He's the first guy to raise his hand and said, hey, this is where I didn't where I screwed up. And, and that gives us a, a good idea. I mean, I wasn't there for the Stipe and Derek Lewis fights, but as a coach, it gives me the right idea on where we need to attack and what to improve on. So, I mean, I, I, you know, Matt knows as a coach, it's just like, man, you got to have some sort of accountability yourself and understand, like, did you leave any crumbs behind? And what are the reasons why we got beat, right? And then the, how do we pick up those crumbs this time around? A lot of us don't have that luxury of getting the, a shot at the title twice and then against the same guy. So, you know, X's and O's need to change and also so does the preparation. How many kids you got, Eric? I got three. Oh, same as me. Boys, girls. Uh, two girls, uh, so 13 and 11, and then my little boy is four. So I, I finally I finally lucked out and got the little boy. <laughs> ah, you got the little boy. Yeah. I got three girls. I feel I lucked out also, so just <laughs> – you know what I mean? It's fucking – it's great. 
And I, I feel luckier girls. than both of you because I have no kids. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. I see when you first walked into Extreme Couture, only because I like to give the guy a shout out because he's an old friend of mine. You're, you got the crap beat out of you by Mike Pyle. <laughs> and then you were hooked. Mike Pyle's that's a great my, guy. You, is he still there? Guy. He's still there. He's, right? over, he's actually over at uh, Syndicate, but uh, he's very good. I'm very close with Mike. I probably talk to Mike once a week. Um, you know, those guys, although like, they're, they're a rival gym per se. We're actually all very close. You know, yeah. it's, it's a tight net community. Um, and, and Mike, Mike was really my first coach and really got me into the sport. Um, he, he didn't do it kindly, but I, that's what I appreciate about the man. And, you know, he was, he was in my opinion, one of the best to do it and, and a savvy, savvy veteran and a very good coach. hundred percent, man. I know him a long time. Um, I first met him, my old roommate, Rodrigo Gracie, yeah. literally 20 years ago. We had an apartment together and he, and he knew him. He knew Mike Pyle from uh, doing seminars and he, and he stayed on my futon for like a few weeks. Nice. Uh, Rodrigo's futon. And then in the city, I remember Henzo gave him his purple belt and, yeah. and he was a beast. He fought, beast. he fought Quentin Jackson and this guy's yes. a little guy. This guy's not a big guy. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah, that, 170. Yeah. <laughs> that was like his first fight. I think he fought Rampage with John Fitch or something. I mean, yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of his, a lot of his stuff was self-taught out of Dresden, yeah. Tennessee. He just did a lot of stuff on VHS. Crazy. <laughs> it's, it was a different time back then. Like, he was like a yeah. little hillbilly kid. But exactly. he was like, you know, it's funny when you see them now and now we, we see each other as adults. Yeah. It, it really doesn't make a difference to me. I'm still probably the same man child, but, you know, <laughs> does he still have the, but really quick, does he still have a mullet before we move on? He grew all of his hair out. So now it's like now all of it's long. So he's kind of got this shaggy looking like, uh, you know, looks like a sheepdog. But, you know, he's he's still handsome. He's still got that got that <laughs> swag to him. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of mullets. Wait, did the guy have a mullet? Uh, who was the? Oh, sorry. What do you mean, Ricky? I'm going to guess you're going to know Ricky Simone. I, no, I was not. Oh, it's funny that you said that because Ricky Simone was back. Uh, Julian Marquez. That's not really a mullet. Does he have a mullet? Get a picture. No, Julian, Julian doesn't. He doesn't. He's got a big beard, though. No, he doesn't have a mullet. Big old beard. No, <laughs> big old beard and a good chin. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, that was a fun fight. And uh, what I liked specifically about that, and it's funny because I remember sometimes I take notes during it because you might be surprised to hear this, Eric, but I might have a little ADD. I might have that. <laughs> but sometimes what I do is I take like videos of like, of, of stuff like when it's happening. And so that way I remember like, like, I, like, so I could talk about it now, but now I can't find it. But anyway, <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, the coach we love fucking uh, tall James Krause, James Krause. fucking Krause. He's one of my favorite corner guys. Cause he's yeah. very honest. He doesn't care. He doesn't, you know, doesn't mince any words there, Jimmy. So he was letting him know, like, dude, you need to get this done, Marquez. Yeah. Now, not tomorrow. This is the last round. This is, Eric, you'll know as a corner guy. There's, you don't want just a yes, man. There's sometimes I'm watching these fights and there's the third round. These guys, I, I forgot the fight I was talking about the other night, but there was a, a guy's obviously down two rounds and the corner's like, okay, just maybe go with the jab and, and this is good. That, no, motherfucker, there's urgency. Where's the urgency? Big time. James Krause knows when there's – listen, man, you're down to. No more mm-hmm. bullshit. You're going forward. You're not stepping backwards. James Krause is excellent in the corner because he makes mm-hmm. the guy know. He makes sure a fighter, the fighter know, look, there, there is no more. There's no more rounds after this. You're losing. You're going to lose after this. Yeah. you got to get it done now. So I just wanted to give him a shout-out. Maybe I'll find what I, I said earlier because it was before the last round. 
And I was so impressed with it. I go, let's see what happens yeah. after James's yeah. uh, Krause's Braveheart speech. And again, and then he went out there and did it. And then he's he telling you down to nothing. I, Matt, I thought he said you were down to nothing. Am I right? Did he say that to him? You're down to nothing. You, I'm you're pretty losing. sure he said yeah. that. And as we're looking, yeah, for I mean, that, we all knew, we all knew going, going in, and and uh, you know that was that that that, that one's going to hang with me for a while, man. That one's going to sting because I mean, we had 40 seconds left to get it done, and I think I remember telling Maki in the third, just hey, really watch out for the overhand and and watch your neck. Don't do anything to put your neck in jeopardy. So that was the biggest thing in the corner for for Maki, and and man, I I just we just. You know, just left it out there a little too long. I'm a fucking asshole. You were in the other corner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, In the other corner, Eric. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. I I (laughs) barely even noticed at the time, but right now they all blended together. Oh, yeah. I want the fights to bring up. What am I, a fuck? Jimmy, am I a douchebag? No, it was a good fight. (laughs) I didn't mean to bring that up. No, no, no. no. You're welcome to bring it up. I knew. And Eric mentioned it. Eric mentioned it before. Yeah, no. What a fucking idiot. And Eric, you're a fucking I'm bringing up James Krauser. He's in the other corner. Eric, I love you, man. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, it's no problem, man. Like James is James is phenomenal. It's funny because we got done with the fight. James comes over as you motherfucker trying to beat me with my own shit. And I was like, bro, you need to vent ground a pound. We're at fucking extreme tour my whole life. Now you should come <laughs> come on right before the uh before the uh the the the, the, the Stipe fight and, and we'll talk about how great Stipe's coaches are. Maybe you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, there are good coaches over there. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. I, I'm always again, I, and I say this probably to the boredom of the fans. I'm always interested to see how a guy who's been around for a long time, and that that was a little inexperience, I think, that you saw back in that first fight. Just a, a veteran knowing how to weather something that no one else had figured out. But this time around, again, he's had five fights since then. Um, you know, it, I think it'll be a different, uh, a different uh, fight. Wait, hold on. Okay. I found it. Okay. What's going to happen in round three, but James Krause is once again awesome in the corner. That's it. That was your whole thing? <laughs> That's it. Let's see. What, it's the same thing I just said. I thought it was maybe more profound. Yeah. But, no. uh, in other words, you're a, hey, you were doing a, he, he was down, man. It's a little, isn't it frustrating like that, Eric? Like as a guy that's been in the corner a ton of times, it's like, like it's, it's, it's man. Talk about extremes, highs and lows. And sometimes it's like, it's like you see it right there. Like, all right, we have this one more round and then we're going to fucking celebrate. We're going to celebrate. It's going to be a party. And then it goes south and you're like, ah, fuck. Pretty much, you know? Yeah. I, 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 the only thing that came good about that was I didn't throw the stool that I picked up and I was ready to launch to the fucking wall. But that would have been awful. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think did you walk me, off man, and then come back? Did you walk off for a second and come back? You did, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. I had to scream fuck and I just had to go down the hallway and scream fuck and reset yeah. myself and get back in there because I mean, obviously image is important. I don't want to be a, a sore loser. I, I've, I've coached Julian in the past, just helped him out here and there. There are both of them, James and Julian are, are mutual friends of mine. So a professionalism needed to be a set of standard by myself. I get mad. We all do, but at the same time, you know, I, I had to be, I had to be a, a good coach and go over there and shake their hands and give them their hugs and face some music. You know, that's part of the sport, but you know, I think for me, uh, looking back at it, obviously um, I just wish I would have done a, a couple other little things in, in being more assertive in the fact of just, just settling on position and not really worrying about a choke or, or um, trying to find a finish for Maki. All he had to do is really cook that clock. So uh, we'll go back to the drawing board and that's the part of life and part of coaching is, is how do you get better, whether you win or you lose, you know, you want to go back and kind of evaluate and see what could have been done better. But, you know, hats off to Julian, man. He needed that. He needed that finish to get the win and he, he went out and got it. So. 
And by the way, you were uh, uh, named uh, MMA Junkies and, and uh, Bloody Canvas's uh, 2020 Coach of the Year. I think you, you were tied with somebody, I think. Um, congratulations. I mean, that's got to feel good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it felt great. And uh, uh, it was myself and Tyson, or, um, Tyson Chartier. We, 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 split the, we split the MMA Junkie one. And then, yeah, Bloody Canvas uh, gave me their 2020. So, I mean, it, it's all nice and everything, but I, I really feel like that award goes to my family. They're the ones that sacrifice the most time and time away from me. So, so getting something like that, I think kind of validates everything that I'm doing for my family. And they understand that the hard work is getting uh, recognized. Well, Eric, we, we have to, we have our next guest waiting. in What? The, uh, the fuck? Yeah. I feel like we just got started. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I want to talk to Eric a little bit. No? We, oh, you want, we, we well, get you him? Want, Good. I said, maybe we can bring in Anthony Hernandez. Um, oh, if you, Fluffy. If you want to, that's my boy. Oh, you guys know <laughs> each other? Fluffy. Let's yeah, bring him in. Let, let, then, then you're right. We'll just you got time. Him. You got time to hang out a little bit, Eric. I got time. I got plenty cool. of time. You got time. Hang out with us a little bit, Eric. We don't want to get you back here. I'm hanging out. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Face looks clean, Anthony. Thank you, man. Look at you. Did you just have a fight? I wouldn't even know. My fucking hand feels it, but yeah, I'm good. <laughs> How does it feel, man? How does it feel to get... Because Listen, man, I know that underdog feeling. It's a great feeling. When everybody's expecting you to win, and it, it's cool when you, you, when you handle business, but when they're like, look, man, this guy might win. He's, he's got him here and there, but there's no way in hell he's going to make him tap out and say uncle with a submission. How does that feel? to take out a jujitsu fucking savage like that with his own medicine there. Man, uh, that's like part of the game, right? Is to beat everyone with their best at, and that's what I want to do. Um, and this is just like a start. So I'm, I'm not even, it's not like a crazy big deal. I'm not trying to make it like too big, but uh, this is what I expected basically when I'm, when I'm on point, I'm like a different motherfucker to deal with. Different motherfucker. I like <laughs> that. We're now, we now obviously, getting ready for this fight. What belt are you in jiu-jitsu if you are? A... Uh, purple. Nice, man. Fucking halfway to Jedi. And it's purple belts that could tap out black belts, obviously. But uh, leading up to it, how much was it like going into this? Like, all right, guys, was your coaches like, look, the floor is hot lava. It's hot lava. Don't go down in the motherfucker. Was it like that? Or was it Fucking like, basically. Yes. <laughs> basically but they're like we're gonna make him wrestle he's a jiu-jitsu guy he can't wrestle we're gonna exhaust him by wrestling so that's what the game plan was and we did it you gotta he wrestle said, uh, he wasn't as strong as you thought he was gonna be wasn't that what you said that was your first impression that he was not as strong as you thought no yeah when i got slammed i was like oh fuck it's gonna suck and then i was like oh it's 
all right, he's not that strong. I was like, all right, whatever. I can work out of this. I've had I've had worse like guys on me and you know in practice. Uh, so I knew it was going to be just another another day. Anthony, did you do a lot of um, starting from bad positions, having guys mounted on your back and all that kind of thing? Yeah, basically, just a fuck ton of reps of that, and then people taking my back and like sitting out fast, trying to be like trying to be calm, elbows in, just stuff like that, like super basic shit that you need to win fights. Yeah. You know, can you see, I don't know if you can see Anthony. Uh, Eric Nixick is with us. Uh, I'm not sure if you can see all of us. Um, as a coach, Eric, if you if you're if you're coaching that fight and you see it go to the ground, are you st- starting to panic if you're in Anthony's corner for a second? Can't you can't panic because uh, I know Jim West very well and I know Anthony very well. He he comes to the gym. If I panic, my fighter panics. So how I talk, if I if I talk calm, if I can get him out of there clean and he's going to stay calm and concise in his, in his area too. Now, if it starts to get deep or I need him really to move, then maybe my, my, uh, my intensity might rise, but as I need him calm. So I have to speak calm. It's important, Jimmy. Yeah. Cause also, dude, yeah, guy, yeah. he gets mounted. Imagine little Jimmy in the corner, like, get out of there. Get out of there. You can't, Jimmy. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Anthony might fucking, might cause him to fight. Hey, does it, does it matter to you? Because I think if for you to win by submission, not that you even pay attention to this stuff, uh, was 30 to one. Um, does that bother you when you go in? Does that change the way you approach a fight? Do, do you, does it mean nothing to you or does it bother you a little bit? Honestly, uh, I was pretty much off my phone for this, this whole fight camp. And so I, I didn't really know. I had a feeling I was going to be an underdog just because like he was un, undefeated. But I know, like high risk, high reward, right? So... I just saw an opportunity to shine again. I was like, oh, I can fucking beat this guy for sure. Um, and we just stuck to the game plan and made it happen, basically. Now, you you had the COVID. You got over it, obviously. I mean, how, did you have any symptoms, anything lingering with that? Um, honestly, I couldn't taste for a week. And then, like, for the first four days, I had a fucking horrible headache. But I just, I thought I wasn't, sli- it was like, I didn't even know I had COVID, to be honest. I thought it was just getting like a cold, like a normal weight cut cold, basically. Because there's that there's that mark where like when you start cutting your carbs and shit, where you feel like shit, you get sick for a week. And then I have kids, too. So I wasn't sleeping very good already. Um, How many kids you got? I got two and my wife has two. So we got four full time. Oh, that's good, man. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. uh, what ages? What's the ages? Young? Ten, eight, five, and then two. Or four, gonna be five. Oh man! All right, you got your hands full, bro. That's good. Yeah. Kid too, man. That started. That's beautiful, man. Young dad. Young yeah, dad. It, My wife's trying to get another one, man. I go, I'm gonna be fifty in four years, man. <laughs> what the fuck? My youngest one's like, oh, he makes makes jokes about me. Call me a penguin. I walk funny. Little prick, right? Seven year old. Hey, penguin, hold me. I go, what the fuck? So let me ask you, Anthony, what did you get started with, with the training? What was your first discipline? Or was it MMA? Uh, Shit. So like, I grew up kind of just wrestling with my dad and stuff a lot. But uh, the first thing I like actually did, I think was, uh, was wrestling. And then I kicked off for grades. And then I went to the MMA route. And then, yeah. Your first, and, and this was in Vegas? You're from Vegas? No, I'm from uh, Dunning, California, like a uh, small ass town outside of, uh, you know, like it's, where is it? Like 30 minutes from Woodland, if you know where that is. And if you don't know Wood- where Woodland, Woodland or Woodland Hills? No, Woodland. Are they, are they different places or the same place? I guess they are different places. 
Yeah, I don't even know what Woodland Hills is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm an East Coast guy. I don't know any of this shit. But that's awesome. <laughs> so you got started with the wrestling. And then you get, then when did you start? When did you know this was going to be your path? Um, honestly, I took a, a fight like four months into training, uh, a little pancreation back in the day. Okay. And so- I, I, had, I had fucking hella fun. And I was like, man, this shit is fun. I was like, I can see myself doing this shit for a living. Like, this is a fun ass job. And right. then there's people would always tell me like, oh, kid, you got heart. You got heart. Keep going. Because when I first started fighting, I was like a 15 year old little fat kid. <laughs> and I was going to these tournaments and shit. So I got the fluffy nickname and shit. Oh. But uh, yeah. So, fluffy? Yeah, I was a little fat kid. <laughs> oh, I like even more now that you're a little fat kid. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like a big fat kid. Do you like Gabriel Iglesias? He has the whole, you know, I'm not fat and fluffy. That's his whole thing. Do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who he is. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Eric, did you grow up in uh, in Vegas? Born and raised. I'm amazed by people who grew up in Las Vegas and didn't get caught up in a crazy, destructive life. It just seems like it's so tempting out there to get involved in so many things that could be a problem. How, how do you avoid that when you're coming up? You, you don't, I think you kind of run into some of that stuff and it's just a matter of just what path you want to take. I mean, you know, I'm 41 years old and I have a lot of friends of mine that are either hooked or dead or they have problems. And you know, I, honest to God, I think it's just kind of finding the path that you need to be on and, and, and stay out of that because it, it'll, it'll eat you up. And that's one of my favorite things about being an MMA coach here in Vegas is you know, if, if you don't have the discipline and you don't have the, the will to, to stay out of trouble, it's going to eat you alive. And you know what kind of fighter you're going to have right away. So, you know, Vegas has its pitfalls, but it also makes tough people. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy Bird would do too well over there. This little no. pervert. <laughs> no, I got in trouble in New Jersey. I'd be dead in Vegas. <laughs> I kind of I, I go in, I stay and I leave like literally the next day after I'm done working. I, I get out as fast as I can. You know, you get guys like Fluff comes into town and trains with me all the time. And, you know, these guys understand that it's like, this is my job. I'm here to train. And Fluffy could easily go out and party every day or do whatever. But he's here for business. So when he comes out and cross trains with us, he's in shape, ready to go. He's at all the morning practices and he's taking full advantage of it. So you just know what you have right away. Right. Are you jumping over to the PI too? Either, both of you guys, Eric, are you coaching over there or no? Do you just- no, just with all the COVID stuff going on now, they've kind of locked everything down. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm literally like I can throw a football and hit the PI from the gym. So it's nice just for me to be able to stay home and stay in my facility where, you know, just with the COVID stuff and, the, and crossing bounds and everything else, it's easier to stay here for me. Well, no, now, Anthony, now that you've had it, too, do you kind of feel like, all right, I've had it. And I guess you can get it again. But does it give you like a little bit of a, a freedom now that you know you've already kind of dealt with it and you don't have to panic as much about getting it uh, a second time? I was never really worried about it, um, to be honest. Uh, I'm a healthy person, so I'm not really worried about it, to be honest. Um, I can't wait for this shit to get, like, to be gone, honestly. I'm ready to, like, go back to normal shit. <laughs> I know. And everybody that says new normal could just eat a day. I'm sick of that shit. The new normal. Let's not have a, let's not hug anybody. I'm a hugger, Eric. I'm yeah. a hugger. Jimmy knows yeah. that. I like yes, that. Yes. I know I might get fucking... Like stopped when I go to uh, now. I don't even know. What, I don't even know what's the proper etiquette. I yeah. see, I don't see in a while. I'm like, ah, yeah, this yeah. elbow, yeah, like a shitty Muay Thai fighter. I mean, I don't know what to do. I just pull down their mask and kiss them. Fuck it, kill there them. You go. Get right in. <laughs> Listen, let's get off this MMA shit for one second. 
Anthony, I'm going to start with you. What is something you're either reading or streaming or a hobby that you like that has nothing to do with fighting? Go. Uh, okay, so I don't read. I'm fucking dyslexic. I don't read. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm not dyslexic. I don't read either, unless it's a comic book. But go ahead. What are you watching? Uh, TV. I really don't watch TV. I'm a fucking, I live in the country and like, I have to do like a lot of yard work and shit. So like I have animals and shit. Uh, I got kids. So like the TV, I've never watched TV growing up. That wasn't like an option. So wait, Um, you have have animals. What kind? kind, Yeah. I just have like, uh, like I have a chickens, a dog, a pig, and then I have two acres that I've been working on trying to clear and shit for the last couple of years. Um, I moved out here in a trailer. So now that I got the 50 K bonus, I get to finally get my kids their own rooms in the house. So I'm, I'm oh, excited awesome. for that. That's great. Well, you got a pig. Yeah. Do, do, is, it, is it a pet or do you, are you raising it to like eat it or like, I, I, it's just a pet. This one's a kid's pet. This one's a oh, kid's okay. pet. Yeah. Oh. They named it Fluff Fluff. They're little assholes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What you name they it? Named they named it Fluff Fluff. They named it Fluff Fluff. I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. So you got, so it's a cute little pig. And, and is, it, yeah. is, is it in the? Does it come in the house and stuff? Is it? No, hell no. It's in the backyard. She just like she just wanders around the property. She got like an acre a fenced off. She just chills and hangs out and comes up to you when she wants food and lives her best life. Are pigs affectionate? They Jimmy, can be, but I'm never like I'm when I'm home. I'm really not like playing with her that much. It's like since I got so much fucking work on my hands. But there was a time where she'd come out to me and just lay on me and you scratch her belly. Um, hopefully I can get all these fucking trees down soon so uh, I can get back to just playing with my animals and chilling with the kids. How much does she weigh? Is she big? Because some of them get pretty big and they're really smart, aren't they? She's probably like 80 pounds and fuck, they're hella smart. Like she was potty trained and shit. She's pretty smart. I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to get a pig because then I'd feel bad every time I'm pigging out on bacon. Like, I'd be like, ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Making sandwiches and shit. <laughs> well, when you grow up on a ranch, I don't know if you grew up on a ranch, but when you grow up on a ranch, you kind of learn what food is and then animals, and you kind of draw that fine line right in between. <laughs> I visit you, I'd be like cousin Vinny in that bitch. I'd pull up, I'd be like, "What the fuck? I don't, <laughs> I don't know." That's. I think we got a reality show in the making, Anthony. I'm gonna come stay with you for a while. All right. <laughs> Playing with the pig in the yard. What made you go with a pig and not a dog? I have three dogs too. Oh, I have, geez. I have, yeah. So I have like, I used to have a llama and like, I want to eventually get another one, but I used to have just all kinds of random shit. A llama? llama? Yeah. How big did the llama get? And, and uh, what, what do you do with a pet llama? Like, do they talk to you? Like, I'm not talking, do they, are they affectionate <laughs> or do they just fucking ignore you? Or what, what is a llama? Is Dr. Doolittle? He was, a, he was correct to myself. Hey, he was chill as fuck, but uh, he was, he got to like six foot. He was big as fuck. I used to like fuck with him and get him in like the cli- tie clinch and shit and like wrestle with him. He was cool. Like he was chill as fuck. <laughs> Oh, but funny. no, I've always liked animals more than people because like people are fucking pricks like to deal with sometimes. And I'd rather just be chilling with someone that's like thankful to have me there and like to put time into them and they give it back. Like animals like are very affectionate. Yeah. You know? So I enjoy it. Jimmy, I think you should get a little puppy. I want to eventually. I, I've had cats. They both died. and That kind of wrecked me. I'm like, eh, no more animals. Well, no well, Jimmy, more. You're dealing with three fathers right here. And yeah. When you get to around 40, you need that unconditional love. I told you this. The yeah. guys that chose the single route, it's all fun and games. Then they become the old guy in the club. Now they're not getting the younger girls. Now they look for someone, to, some kind of affection. They get a puppy. And now they're like, <laughs> oh, they treat it like a baby. 
you know? <laughs> Are you yeah, saying I'm at dog stage? I'm 52, so I guess I am at, like, get a dog stage. <laughs> Go slow with a goldfish. Ease your way. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and how, about, how, how about you, Eric? You got any pets or, or do you do anything? Uh, what, what do you do that's outside of MMA that's just is totally disconnected? Uh, you, you know, it's it, this, there's no off season for us coaches. So, I mean, you're kind of just uh, spring loaded right back into another camp. But for me, like to kind of unwind is really just uh, reinvest time back into the family. Uh, I do read a lot. Um, I try to read kind of like what more of those self-help books. Uh, I just finished up with uh, Trevor Moad's uh, It Takes What It Takes. Good book. Um, huge fan of Simon Sinisek, all of his stuff just started his uh, book, uh, infinite game. So, you know, but really for me, it's like, you spend so much time with your fighters. You got to reinvest that time back in with the wife or she'll stab you, you know, so yeah. <laughs> fight, island, fight island for 16 <laughs> days, man, I was gone for 16 days and fight island. When I got home, I was doing dishes and laundry and making sure I was putting back in that work. So how was your, my jet leg was horrible this time. Awful. Horrible. Awful. I'd be at my school and I'd be like, yo, man, I can't teach. I got to go. I'm fucking going to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So it was crazy, Matt, because like I had, so we had three fighters, right? We had Puna, Dalsha, Brad, all three fighters fought at different times that week. So they had their schedule lined up. So when they wanted to train, but as the coach, I had to be at each session. So I was getting like intermittent sleep. So I was like, okay, three hours and then I'll go train with Puna three hours. And then Felder's out there. Who's also one of my fighters. So Felder's like, Hey, I want to train at this time. Then you got Dalsha. Then you got Brad. So I was all over the place. So when I got home, man, I was catching three hours of sleep and then I was wide awake. And then I'd go back to bed three hours here, there. I was a yes. mess. Intervals in three hour intervals. That's funny. You said yep. that. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep this whole night through. And then I'm waking up at like two in the morning. Like, Oh, that's fucked up. And I'm awake. I'm like, yo, awake, oh. awake. <laughs> yeah. It was awful, man. <laughs> And Anthony, so you said you were uh, you were dyslexic when you were how, how did they, when you were a kid were you just frustrated and they finally diagnosed you or how did you figure that out? Uh, no, I had, yeah, I had a, what are the classes called like RSVP or some shit? But like I was always in like the reading classes because yeah, it just wasn't my thing. And if I'm the type of person if I don't like something, I will not do it. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and yeah, that doesn't work when you're in school. So. <laughs> yeah, they tend to frown on that. They don't like the end of the day. <laughs> They say it's a sign of a mind working very quickly. Like, uh, is your mind all because they say it's a sign of intelligence, actually, because your mind is kind of tripping over itself to get to the next thing. Um, so is it hard to keep you focused or do you kind of like, uh, you know, what do you do to focus? Um, if I like it, I focus, obviously, and it's fighting shit I love. So anytime, like, I get tips, like when I go to uh, Nixon's gym, and I'm training over there, and he gives me tips. I'm like all ears, white belt mentality. If I can learn something, I'm gonna throw that in the bag. If I if I don't like it, it doesn't fit my style because I'm not very flexible. Or like whatever the cause is, then I don't use it, but I just remember it because someone might try to use that shit on me too, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, you guys. Oh wait, I, I asked Eric earlier. Did you uh, did you catch any of those other fights over the weekend when you were afterwards, like backstage or anything? Uh, Anthony. No, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I was like, I did the little like walking around. They had me do all kinds of weird shit, photo shoot. And like, we had to like, from there, we had to drive back to the hotel. And like, by the time I, I settled down, everything was over already. I think, you know, what's different now. And you guys probably both remember this, Eric is after, if you have a fight early on afterwards, which was one of the things I really like liked, especially if it went well, and you're not in an ambulance somewhere with your guy is you go to the green room, 
you're eating some food and just watching the fights, the rest of the fights. Like, you know, and they don't have that anymore because uh, of the COVID. They, it's like a revolving door, man. They get you in, you're warming up, you fight, bing, bang, zoom, you're back and you're out of there. Yeah. I mean, it's different. It's not as fun. It's remember, fun. Matt, remember when we used to be able to go on the stands too, Matt, like way back when. Yeah. And like you'd get a ticket, we'd go in the stands. And then I was at the one in Chicago. Uh, Brian Caraway fought Eddie Wineland, who was kind of a local guy, and, and Caraway was an underdog. And we went out in the crowd after and a guy was pissed off because he bet a lot of money on Wineland and saw us and started like it was a kind of a little bit of a little bit of a tussle, you know, so the UFC guys pulled us out. And, and after that event, I don't know if it was from us. I think they're just like enough of this. No, you guys can't go in the crowd anymore after the fights. So that's when they started the green room. That, I love the green room. I'm a little late, late, but, you know, I'm. I mean, no, I love the fans, but I don't feel like going into the fucking because you're not going to be if you go into like the general thing, you're going to be just hounded and shit. So yeah, I prefer I the green room way better now. It's like we will rate the food on them and, you know, it's so good. Well, hopefully it'll get back to that, you know, e- e- you know, eventually. I just love that there's still fights. Every, now there's fights every weekend. And again, with me as a guy, that's all I watch. Fuck, man. I love it. I love having the fights every weekend, you know. Green room, green room or no? Yeah, but. I can't. I can't watch any other sport. You know, it's funny. I, I watched the Super Bowl just to see Brady because he's you know he's in forty three years old. But I can't watch anything else now. After after UFC, I can't watch uh, football or basketball or baseball. They, they just don't interest me anymore, and I don't know why. I don't know why I lost that, but I just can't stand any of them. That's yeah, not as fun. Anthony, did you yeah. do a call out or no? I didn't see if I didn't. Did you call anybody out? I don't even follow the division, to be honest. Like, I don't follow, like, I don't watch UFC or anything. Like I said, I don't watch TV. Um, so I don't even know who the fuck's in the division. I really don't give a fuck who I fight. I'll fight whoever and make the adjustments to beat them. Um, I believe in myself, and that's all that matters, you know, at the end of the day for this shit. Do you watch a lot of tape, Anthony, or do you are you one of those guys who will watch almost none and let your coaches watch it? I'll watch a couple of tapes just to see how they come out in tendencies and stuff. But, uh, no, I leave it up to my coaches, and I trust the game plan. And uh, it it pays off always, you know, the coach, like Eric just said, he puts a lot of fucking time into the fighters and great coaches do that. So um, my, my, my coaches will like even reach out to him and like they just talk within each other and they, they'll come up with this game plan. And all we do is believe in it and stick to it. And as I showed Saturday, it works. And where are you fighting out of your, 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 your team? Let's just give them a shout out. Your, your El Dorado Hills and Magold. That's where I'm at. You got some. You got some up and comings coming out of there, or? Yeah, everyone's. A lot of people are young. Um, it's like they're amateurs right now, but those fucking kids. The the group there is just people that want it. So everyone's got that professional athlete attitude, and everyone's in their fucking grinding their ass off. So I'm excited to see them doing it. Right now, we're just laying out the tracks for them, and when they when it's their time, they're gonna shine, and it's gonna fucking all pay off. I'm sure your whole team was motivated after this last weekend, buddy. You probably motivated all those young guys. That's a great feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good and what is your, uh, before we wrap up, what is your Instagram? Uh, you, you had a funny uh, post when you were, uh, when you were announcing that you had COVID, your post, post was really funny. Um, I'm begging God that it not be chlamydia. I think. <laughs> 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 that made me laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, my Instagram's I love Banff after my pet llama I used to have. I what love. Is, what is your Instagram? Because I'm, I'm going to follow you. I love Bamf. I and then love and then B A M F. Okay. B A M F. 
All right. There Sam. you are, Anthony yeah. Fluffy. How am I not following you? Ready? That's changing right now. Uh, now was yeah, that the name? That was the name of your llama? Badass motherfucker? Was, I'm going to guess that's what it meant, yeah. no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Awesome. All right. And, uh, and Eric, where can people uh, see you and, and follow you and keep up with you? Uh, same Instagram's fine. It's Eric underscore XCMMA. All right. Well, listen, guys, thank you both so much. Congratulations, uh, Anthony and, and, and Eric. Congratulations on those uh, Coach of the Year nods. I mean, that's really, it's, it's incredible. Appreciate you guys. All right. Awesome, we'll see you guys man. again Eric, soon. I'm, I'm sure I'll talk to you before the, the Aljo's fight and everything. Yes, he's sir. phenomenal, man. I really, I love that you guys are having a great bond and he's such a great kid and I believe he's going to be next champ and I appreciate everything you're doing for the kid. I do too, Matt, man. We'll miss you out here, brother, but uh, I'll keep in touch with you on everything. Awesome. Congrats again, Anthony. Yeah. Nice congratulations. to meet you. Nice to All meet right. you too. Yeah, good right, talking to you, man. Bye, I'll guys. See you soon, buddy. Later, guys. And Anthony's got a – he don't give a shit about a lot no. of it. He just Tremendous. likes – I love that, man. And I like I, – Eric's such a nice guy, man. I like Yeah, him. he is. You know what I mean? I so, haven't met him. I don't think I've ever met him, but uh, I really enjoy talking to him. Yeah, man. Nah, that's fucking great. Uh, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, really quick. Cause I know, I know we got to jump. Yes. Cause I'm taping something in eight minutes in really eight minutes. Yeah. So we're going to talk more <laughs> about, we're going to talk more about this, uh, the rest of the uh, card on Wednesday. Sure. Uh, really quick. Alexa Grasso. I think she did phenomenal. Yeah. And can I really just say that Macy Barber showed me so much in that third round. We did not see the rest of the last of her. She knew she needed a finish and she went, after it in that third round and it almost to me made up for the loss in a sense where you know she's only going to grow from it because she's a young right. kid. you know i know she sets her goals high with being the youngest champion and everything she could still get there whether she's the youngest or not yep. she showed me a lot even in defeat and uh i, I was you know calvin gaslin with, with ian heinish what a fantastic fight yeah and congratulations calvin experience really shine through ricky yeah. Stone. Defeated Brian Keller again, pretty handily. Good fight. Yeah, yeah. And again, 30, that was 30-27, right? Wasn't it? Was there a 29-28 in there that people were like, what the fuck happened? One of those fights, it was 30-27, uh, very obviously. And they and there was a 29-28 that made people go, What? What the we I don't remember which fight it was, but there was, there was one where I was like I was shaking my head. Two couple things. Bilal Muhammad, awesome versus uh, Diego Lima. Incredible. I mean, Bilal Muhammad. Bilal keeps getting it done, bro. He keeps getting it done. And I, I can't wait to see what's next for him. Pollyanna Viana took out uh, Mallory Martin via like a uh, triangle, uh, no arm bar after the triangle. I cannot say enough about Mallory Martin's, um, be, uh, she was very resilient. She was trying to just, she took a beating from that triangle. A lot of people would have tapped away earlier. Right. So props on Mallory for her guts. And obviously uh, big congratulations to, uh, um, where's the fuck? Where, where is she? Pollyanna, who's just got fantastic jujitsu, and and I, you know, I'm a jujitsu man. So you are. Hey, dude, I can't say enough. Hopefully, Julian Marquez, um, you know, gets uh, that date with uh, Miley Cyrus. What do you want to plug, Jimmy? That's it. Chip Chipperson, brand new podcast with uh, Anthony and uh, Matt Eisman is up, and uh, you know, see you guys Wednesday. People, I'll see you Wednesday. You want a cameo shout out? Hit me up. Yes. And uh, other than that, Jimmy, I love you. You know I do. I love you, pal. Good seeing you. I'll, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Later, everybody. Yes. Take care, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. 
Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.